Well, praise the Lord this morning. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 9. Matthew 9, beginning at verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, the compassion of Christ. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus was concerned with the harvest. He was traveling, journeying, going about cities and villages, teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And then we read verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. There was something about the scene that moved Jesus. A reality that was so obvious to Jesus, a state of people. People weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Reading from the message paraphrase, Then Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages. He taught in their meeting places, reported kingdom news, and healed their diseased bodies. Healed their bruised and hurt lives. When he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest. He said to his disciples, how few workers on your knees and pray for harvest hands. Eyes to see the reality and a breaking of the heart. The Amplified Bible, when he saw the throngs, he was moved with pity and sympathy for them because they were bewildered, harassed and distressed and dejected and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Lord Jesus, give us your eyes. We need the eyes of Jesus to see like Jesus. Reading from the Gospel of John, John 4, beginning at verse 34, Jesus said to them, 
My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. We need our eyes touched that we might see like Jesus sees We might look at the fields and say, the harvest isn't ready. We might look at a particular field and say, there are still four months. We might look at the multitudes, look over the crowds, over a crowd, and see a field that isn't ready, but I wonder what Jesus sees. The Voice Bible, be patient. We have four more months to wait until the crops are ready for the harvest. I say take a closer look. And you will see that the fields are ripe and ready for the harvest. Church, we need to open our eyes. We need to lift up our eyes. We need to take a closer look, a Jesus look. The Living Bible, look around you. Vast fields of human souls are ripening all around us and are ready now for reaping. We might say there are still four months. We might look at a field, a particular field, look over a crowd and say the harvest isn't ready. Hear the word of the Lord today. Lift up your eyes and look at the fields. The harvest was the great concern of Jesus. And it still is the great concern of our Savior. We are living in the days of harvest. You know, harvest requires sowing. And harvest requires reaping. A laboring in the earth for the harvest, for the Lord of the harvest. Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 and 38, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his Harvest. The message reads, what a huge harvest, he said to his disciples. How few workers. On your knees and pray for harvest hands. 
What do we see here in the text? A call to prayer. Jesus told his disciples to pray, to make supplications, to ask, to petition, to intercede that the Lord of the harvest might send out laborers. Jesus' prayer request. Are we praying in line with this request? And yet the call to labor in prayer did not alleviate the disciples of the responsibility to labor in the harvest themselves. A call to prayer and a call to action. A call to pray and a call to labor in the fields. Jesus saw how huge the harvest was. He saw and he knew that the harvest was truly plentiful. You see, when you see like Jesus, you can't help but realize the need for more laborers. And when you get out into the harvest fields yourself, you can't help but realize the need for more laborers. This realization should drive us to prayer. Jesus' prayer request. Would we take hold of it and pray? That the Lord would send out laborers. The harvest truly is plentiful. And we are living in the days of harvest now. I share these words. As Jesus looked down from his own time to the end of the age, he pointed out a terrible problem. He told his disciples the harvest truly is plenty. Plenteous, but the laborers are few. As I read these words, I wonder, what's the solution? How can more laborers be raised up? Jesus gave the answer in the very next verse. Someone has to pray these laborers into the harvest. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. You may think doors are closing all over the world. That may be true, but it doesn't matter how closed some nations may look to our eyes. If God can tear down the Iron Curtain in Europe and the Bamboo Curtain in Asia, nothing can stop him from working wherever he will. The Apostle Paul was sent forth as a missionary through the power of prayer. It happened in Antioch, where leaders of the church were praying over the harvest, see Acts 13, 2-6. Paul's first missionary journey came out of a prayer meeting. It was the direct result of godly men obeying Jesus' words to pray to God to send laborers into the harvest. The same is true today. We are to be about the work of praying for the harvest, just as those godly men in Antioch did. The fact is, while we're praying, 
The Holy Spirit is searching the earth, putting an urgency in the hearts of those who desire to be used of the Lord. He's touching people everywhere, setting them apart for His service. While we're asking God to send forth laborers, the Holy Spirit is stirring someone somewhere. And it doesn't matter where it takes place. The powerful truth is our prayers are being used to send laborers into the harvest. Jesus' prayer request, lift up your eyes, look to the fields. The harvest is plentiful, a huge harvest. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers. You know, we're living in harvest days. Church, we must pray. We must pray. This is the call of Christ, His directive. Our prayers are powerful. Our prayers are being used to send laborers into the harvest. Let's take hold of the words of Jesus. In the spirit of faith, pray and believe that the Lord is stirring someone somewhere to head out into the field and reap. We so need the eyes of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus. We need to labor in prayer, and we need to labor in the field. John 4, verses 34 to 38. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Sowing and reaping. The sower and the reaper you know, harvest needs both. And that the harvest days remain until the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Both are needed. Listen to those beautiful words. The New King James Version, And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. The sower and the reaper rejoicing together. For what is one without the other? Sometimes the sower is the one who reaps the very harvest he sowed. And there are times when the sower, too, is the reaper. 
and what rejoicing there is. Yet listen to those words, the words of Jesus, for in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. The saying is true. I believe the Lord wants each of us to know the labor of the sower. And I believe the Lord wants each of us to know the labor of the reaper. And sometimes that which we sow, we don't reap. It's reaped by others. And it's so true that we reap what others have sown. The text, for in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. The words of Jesus are true. He is sending us out to reap that for which we have not labored. Others have labored and we have entered into their labors. And there will come a time, should the Lord tarry, when a new generation will be sent to reap that for which they have not labored, that for which we have labored, and they will enter into our labors, that both the sower and the reaper might rejoice together. Reading from the message, now the sower is arm in arm with the harvester, triumphant. That's the truth of the saying, this one sows, that one harvests. I sent you to harvest a field you never worked. Without lifting a finger, you have walked in on a field worked long and hard by others. Every generation must reap, and every generation must sow. A responsibility for kingdom workers. Every generation must labor in prayer. Thank the Lord for generations that have gone before us that labored in prayer. Labored in prayer. But we have a responsibility. Entering into the labors of others. The words of Charles Spurgeon. How much of labor has been spent upon this city? How many earnest men have wept and toiled among our teeming masses and have gone back to their master with who hath believed our report and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed. He was speaking of his city, his time. Here for three centuries, I may say, since the days of old Hugh Latimer, right on from the time of the preachings at Paul's cross, there has never been a lack of ministrations of God's truth in this city and in the surrounding parts of the metropolis. Some of you can almost look back to the days when John Newton was at St. Mary Woolnoth and can almost recollect Romaine at St. Anne's Blackfriars 
when we had among dissenters such men as Dr. Gill and afterwards Dr. Riffin and Abraham Booth and others who labored and toiled for Christ and yet after all met with but little comparative success. There must be some good come from all this. Has all this labor been spent for nothing? Has the ground been watered by the sweat of these men? And have they plowed it and sown it? And is there never to come a harvest? Our Savior seems to say, those Samaritans over yonder, they have the Word of God. They have heard something about it. Even the Jews could not keep the light of prophecy away from them. Other men had prepared them to receive our teachings. And doubtless, the days that are past have been preparing the population to receive the gospel. And we may hope that when it does come to them, it will come with a mighty power. For when the Holy Ghost is pleased to work mightily, we shall see something done, the like of which has never been seen before, and which shall be the result of the accumulated labors of many years gone by, we have a right to expect a harvest when we recollect what has been done already. Are we expecting a harvest? Do we have eyes to see? Or are we those that say, still four months? It's not time. The Lord would say to us, take a closer look. The fields are ready. See, he knew the fields were ready. And yet there was this terrible problem. There weren't enough laborers. call to prayer and the call to labor. This rests upon each of us. Church, I ask how much of labor has been spent upon this city. Think about it. How much labor has been spent upon our city? How many have wept and toiled? How many have gone back to their master with who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? How much labor in prayer and how much labor in the field, the sowing? The ground has been watered by the sweat of men and women. They have plowed it. They have sown it. And if we can receive the word of the Lord today and allow a spirit of faith to rise up in us, if we would lift up our eyes and look to the field like Jesus has called us to, asking him to even anoint our eyes that we might see like him the days that our past have been preparing the population to receive the gospel. And we may hope that when it does come to them, it will come with a mighty power for when the Holy Ghost is pleased to work mightily, we shall see something done, the like of which has never been seen before. 
and which shall be the result of the accumulated labors of many years gone by. We have the right to expect a harvest when we recollect what has been done already. Behold, I say to you today, lift up your eyes and look to the fields. We back up to the fourth chapter of the book of John. You know how Jesus knew the harvest was approaching and that the harvest was now? The people who were coming to hear him were the people who seemed the least likely to listen to his word. John 4, beginning at verse 5, So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As well as his sons and his livestock, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You know how the woman responded? The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him, the Lord of the harvest. 
God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they went out of the city and came to him. This woman has an encounter with Jesus. And all of a sudden, she's out laboring. And there's a response. I love these words, but so it is. Sometimes the very people come to hearken the gospel whom you would least expect to see listening to it. And this is a good sign. When the Samaritans will hear, when the giddy multitude are willing to stand crowded together to listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ, when the working man is not ashamed to come to the house of God to hear Christ preached, and will even stand at the corner of the street and listen to it, it is a good sign. And it is a sign that we see now. The publican and the harlot are willing to receive the gospel of Jesus, and God blesses them, and they enter into the kingdom of heaven. All these are good signs of a coming harvest. It's a day to open our eyes, to lift up our eyes, to see like Jesus, to see what Jesus sees, that we might be moved as he was moved. These are days to reap, church, and days to sow. I put out the call again because it's the request of Jesus that his people might pray, labor in prayer. Perhaps you have a prayer list. Add Jesus' request to your list. Lord, you were concerned enough to speak to your disciples. And it's on the pages of Scripture. The call to prayer, to labor in prayer that the Lord of the harvest might send out laborers. And not just resting in that, but receiving the call that we might labor ourselves in the field. Days of great rejoicing. Let's have the worship team return. You know, we must take on a spirit of faith. And we must believe to see many conversions.
Lift up your eyes. Look to the fields. See as Jesus sees each day. As you make your way through the city, the surrounding areas. Lord, give me your eyes. The harvest is ready. We must take on a spirit of faith to see many conversions, to see many water baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, to see many fully mature in Christ Jesus. The harvest is truly plentiful. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. You know, I thought about this in the natural. We see fields ready for harvest. But what happens to harvest if nobody reaps it? What happens to that field? We have a responsibility. Those of us who would call ourselves disciples of Jesus Christ, we're in this together. We're sowing and reaping. We've entered into the labors of others, and we have our labor as well. You see, right now in this time in history, Jesus is concerned with the harvest. I pray that we are. It might be today that we're hearing the call to labor in prayer. The disciples heard the call that day. Jesus said, on your knees, pray, labor in prayer. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. And they heard the call that day to lift up their eyes and to look and to see the reality that Jesus saw. It's a day to take on concern for the harvest. And let's believe. Let's believe for many souls to be saved. Perhaps you're here today. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. He sees you. He's a personal Savior. He's a personal God. He knows your life. He knows your circumstances. He knows your state of affairs right now. He knows you better than you know yourself. He extends grace to you today in mercy. He's a kind Savior. He looks over the crowd. He has compassion for those that are lost, those that are weary, those that are broken, those that are hurt.
And he offers you a drink today. You who are weary, tired. He offers you living water. He offers you himself. Jesus Christ was born into this world, the Son of God, God himself, Emmanuel, God in flesh, God among us. He was born into this world. Really, he was a missionary sent by Father God to reconcile humanity back to God. Every person who has been born into this world has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, Jesus is concerned with the harvest, and that's why he gladly took on the mandate of the Father, the mission of the Father. Not my will, but yours be done. He died on a cross for us, the perfect, sinless Son of God, that we might be reconciled unto the Father, that we might be forgiven of our sins, that our broken lives might find healing. Heaven and hell are real. The reality is when we pass from this life, we'll spend eternity in one of the two. But today Jesus would extend the greatest gift of all, the gift of salvation. Don't leave this room today without being reconciled unto God, without receiving. Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior without surrendering and laying down your life. Listen, this is serious. This is life and death. Too many play church. Come in once in a while. Fill a seat. See, the Lord is the great reaper. The Lord is trying to reap as many souls as he can. But we cannot forget that there is the grim reaper. And he's all about the harvest too. And he's not blind. He looks out, he sees Humanity sees all the souls. This battle for souls. You know, that's what's going on. Like everything else, you know, work, pleasure, entertainment, going through the motions, living life, getting married, having kids, all this stuff, all that we do. What's really going on 
above it all is a battle for souls. No wonder Jesus was that concerned to stop and say, listen, quit saying the harvest isn't ready. He doesn't want his people with that confession, with that mindset. The harvest isn't ready. This city's not ready. Let's wait four more months, whatever the four months represent. Maybe a time will come when the harvest is ready. That's not what Jesus said. His direct response to those that would say the harvest is not ready, lift up your eyes and look. Perhaps that's the problem. We got our heads down. It takes all of us. Imagine if we all heard the call today, the call to prayer, the call to labor in prayer, and we began to pray that the Lord would send out, send out harvesters, send out workers into the harvest, and we would allow the Holy Spirit to move upon our hearts that we might take up the call as well. If you're here, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. John 6, 29, Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is your only hope. Let's stand in the house of the Lord today. If you don't know him and you want to surrender your life, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat. Come and surrender your life. Come and stand at the altar. Come and kneel, bow down before the Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Surrender your life. If you walked away from the Lord, you once served Him, you were once fervent, passionate. Now you're distanced. You're adrift. Come back to Jesus today. Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. Lord, I pray for every person in this room today that a spirit of faith would rise up. I pray, Lord, that you would increase our faith as we see as you see, and that we would take on a great concern, your great concern.